Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Let me try this one more time. In all seriousness, too. And during the few moments that we have left, we want to talk right down to earth in a language that everybody here can easily understand. person sit through raw I am one of those special people and though I don't think I paid attention to uh, well some of the matches I tried my damnedest to pay attention to they didn't have triple threat this time folks they added two more I mean one's uh, you know party all together, two, and you have a, a dance, three, you have the trifecta, and four, well, that just adds to the clusterfuck, the main event. But enough of the rambling to begin the show. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome, you know, she's almost lasted a whole year, which is awesome. My partner in crime, my new partner in crime from Southgate, Michigan, folks. Detroit's own Lady Lynn. Hey, B Train, what's happening? Coming to you live from the D. Oh, you know, just usually keeping up the fan. WWE Raw and 
y'all knew. I jokingly made this title for the simple fact this is the only draw for the audience of WWE Raw. People may argue with but we all knew that Shayna Baszler was a vampire. I knew it. I mean, I knew that she took inspiration from Movie Blade and so on and so forth. I mean, biting someone's neck to gig. I just, I don't know, folks, if that's such a grandiose idea. Start showing Becky Lynch obviously retains against Oscar because she's on every fucking poster imaginable. But, you know, and... Alistair Black beating another local and Angel Garza beating another cruiserweight. I will save that for later, but for right now, I will take a minor. Well, actually, I have to take a breather because we're trying out this new thing called Lady Wins Corner with AEW. So we're going to, you know, as we say, in any business or anything, we got to give someone the floor. So, without further ado, folks, tonight, you're going to get the insight from Lady Lynn herself about the latest edition of AEW's Dynamite, which normally airs Wednesday at the same time as the Black and Gold brand on the USA Network, WWE's NXT. So... I'm going to let Lady Wynn give her spiel right here, right now. All right. All right, AEW fans that didn't catch the show or didn't care to read the results, whatever the case may be, this is Lady Lynn with the AEW Corner. Last week's AEW Dynamite came from the Vaughn Braun Center in Huntsville, Alabama. Kicking off the night was the number one contender for Le Champions for AEW World Championship, the one, the only, John Moxley versus Ortiz, member of the Inner Circle. Match, of course, was volatile as all get out. But what do you expect when you got Moxley, when you got the crowd chanting, Moxley, Moxley, Moxley. I'm just imagining it here in my head, folks. Let's see here. Uh, let's see. How did this match go? Oh, boy. I'm behind his head. He's an animal, but we have a strategy for revolution, declares Jericho. Let's Let's see. Let's see. Ooh, ooh, ooh! What a what a uh, vicious move. Oh, let's see. Let's see. Paradigm shift to Santana, followed by oh, a car key to the eye. Oh boy. Oh. Boy, what a way to start off the night. Wouldn't you say, B-Train? I mean, I would say it's a good way to get your audience drawn in. And AEW, we all know, doesn't struggle with ideas and concepts. What they do struggle, however, with is consistency 
in their story. Hopefully, I mean, I'm praying that you guys pick a fucking feud and stick with it because we all know that eventually Chris and Cody will cross paths. So I'm glad in a positive note that Jericho picked Moxley because, you know, he took note from Moxley Omega, smart man. Yeah. He took note with, okay, they're going to feud. Okay, I want the feud. Omega and Jericho feuded. I keep repeating this to this person. I don't know why. <laughs> Just tune in. With... That's kind of funny, folks. There's a gentleman who always thinks he knows best, better than that idiot known as well, the man who makes more money than all the podcasts combined. Um, Mr. Meltzer even sources in better, man. That's pretty sad. So I'm going to let Lady Lynn continue before I get on one of my little spiels about how I <laughs> have disproved of AEW's methods somewhat, actually a lot. But anyways, continue, Lady Lynn. What's your spiel on AEW, please? Yeah, all right. Let's see. Moving on. Scorpio Sky. SCU versus Best Friends. What, what kind of a tag team name is Best Friends? That, that's <laughs> the epitome of screaming baby face right there. Um, what would they become? Worst enemies if they ever turned heel? I mean, <laughs> anyways, before I get all wrapped up into that, let's see. Match between SCU and Best Friends. And let's see. Ooh, an interruption by the Dark Order. Let's Let's see. Ooh. Let's see. Okay. Looks like uh, SCU scored pinfall in this match, but then the Dark Order interferes and mauled both teams. Ooh. Mm. Moving on from that, the next match. Let's see. Hmm. Let's see, a women's division match. Dr. Britt Baker against the magical girl, Yuka Sakazaki. Forgive me for the butcher pronunciation. I'm usually an anime buff. I'm usually very good about Japanese pronunciation, but let's not get into that, shall we? Let's see how this gal did on her debut. Hmm. Well, let's see. Obviously, she's a short one because Baker had a height advantage over her. Aha! Takazaki makes a successful debut, a roll-up pin. What better way to do it? Hmm. Well, there's millions of better ways to do it, but I'm not going to get into that. Ah, but I think it's safe to say that Baker didn't take too kindly to that based on this. Ooh. Blasted Takazaki in the back of the head with the ring bell. Oh, ouch. That's got to be pain. Oof. Let's see. Moving on. World Tag Team Champions, Kenny Omega and Adam Page with the Young Bucks versus the Lucha Bros and the Butcher and the Blade. An eight-man tag team bout. Hmm. B-Train, do you think AEW is borrowing from WWE just a smidge? An eight-man tag? 
You know, it's it's evolved from wrestling. Will always say we didn't steal. We just we just revolutionized. <laughs> Liars. I believe it's because it's a quick, surefire way of booking. Because if you ran out of people to book because you have over 70-plus people on your roster, who WWE has 70-plus people? Yes. But see, that right there, an eight-man tag, is because, well, it makes sense. It's a way of getting the night done for AEW. Um, I get it. I'm not trying to be all negative. But I do believe there are times when companies will parallel one another by accident, they say. Uh, It's also a lazy form of booking because you just run out of idea in your head creatively. So you're like, okay, time to go to the card and make an eight-man tag. Let's do a six-man tag because it somehow makes sense into the fold of your matchmaking, or whatever is a card. And Dark Order. That is a rant of a different fucking color. Can you say a direct ripoff of Dungeon of Doom? Kevin Sullivan would be proud. There, I ended my rant, folks. And anything. Okay. Well, let me ask this question since it's going to be a cheesy one. Lady Lynn, anything else to report on AEW and Lady Lynn's Corner tonight? Well, let's see here. Let's see. It looks as if there might be some discourse between the Hangman Page, Kenny Omega, and the Young Bucks. Hmm. Hi, jeez. Because it seems that Hangman refused to tag in any one of the bucks, and he got himself pinned as a result. Hmm. Ah, Let's see here. Okay, moving on. Let's see. There was an in-ring interview, or there was supposed to be, but uh, the bastard pack, I'm sorry, interrupted. With Riho by his side. Hmm. Let's see. Moving on to that. Let's see. Super bad Kip Sadian versus the bad boy Joey Janela. Let's see. Hmm. And of course. Superbad didn't come alone. He had Penelope Ford with him. All right. And um, let's see. Ah, roll-up victory. Well, that's not too surprising. Hmm. Moving on from that. Aha. MJF. With Wardlow and Cody is getting 10 lashes, it seems. Hmm. 
Huh. Oh, let's see. Butcher and the Blade, Kit Sedian, Sammy Guevara came out to witness the lashing. Ooh. Cody's brother attempts to help. Let let's see. Ooh. What a brutal punishment. Ooh. <laughs> let's see. Ooh. That's bleeding out. What a brutal finish to the night. That pretty much wraps it up. Next week's AEW, which that is to say this week's. AEW Dynamite will be live from the HEB Center in Austin, Texas. For those who want to see it live, and for those who don't want to see it live or can't see it live, tune in to TNT. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that was Lady Wynn's rendition of... Well... Has her rendition of AEW Dynamite, which airs every Wednesday on TNT. Those of you who don't have cable, you need to get Hulu TV. Uh, for those of you who don't have Hulu TV, you cheap asses can stream it through Daily Motion, which I know some of you do, because we are modern day hipsters, right? Nothing <laughs> wrong with that. I think you got to get your wrestling on. We all got to get our wrestling on. And I have to go move on before I drive myself batshit insane. I watched some of Raw. By watch, I mean I tolerated some of it. I can tell you the majority of it was pretty much the fucking bland-ass same. Um, when people say that Raw has changed format, even if you add Byron Saxon and uh, the addition of Tom Phillips, to help accommodate Jerry the King Lawler, which has worked out a little better. There's still room for improvement. I mean, the segment where, let's say, oh, Shayna Baszler took the page out of uh, every fucking vampire movie known to man, the gig on the fucking back of Becky's neck. Folks, that's disgusting. To take a chunk out of someone's skin, you know, literally... And people were like, whoa. Okay. That was the moment that I watched Raw. And then the rest of it I decided just to say, you know, there's much better things for me to watch. You know, it's like the commercials are much better than the show. I, the eight-man tag match, Samoa Joe, Kevin Owens, and the Viking Raiders versus... Monday Night Messiah. Why just for random folks are people taking pictures of brooms? Are we having an obsession with Sleeping Beauty or Fantasia? Jesus Christ, this country and trends, man. Jesus Christ, sorry. Random, 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 random. Not random dancing from iCarly, okay? But, or when Carmella and R Truth ripped it off of iCarly. Yes, you did. You know you did. (laughs) I love you, Truth. I'm not so sure about Mella. Although the one redeeming fact about Mella is that she likes Mariah Carey. So, you know, 
that's the redeeming factoid about her and not the fact that she sleeps with Corey Graves and anyone else. Okay. Not that I have proof, although her Twitter would suggest otherwise, a picture of her sitting on Graves' lap in a Santa outfit, mind you, and I'm sure they well, no, they haven't moved forward, have they? Sadly, yes. Um, tonight's edition of Monday Night Raw was very mixed, if you will. I mean, it had its moments. The eight-man tag match had its moments. Alistair Black versus a local. Angel Garza was Lena Vega versus, well, WWE's new local, Cedric Alexander. Ever since 205 Lives disappeared, he's kind of been the uh, uh, Saturday night main event or the guy that not jobbing necessarily. I mean, there was once upon a time where he was in the forefront of main event. You know, thank you, New Day. Um, but I don't know why. I just, I would love to sit here and completely put Raw in the corner and be like, you suck. But now, I I just don't know what the fuck you guys are doing. Bringing Baszler up from NXT, is, that's great. But then you have Rhea Ripley coming there and facing off with Sarah Logan. And Sarah Logan gets completely squashed, which she, that girl didn't even have any offense. She just completely is getting squashed week in and week out. Was she going to ever... Reemerge, I will never know. But I got, you know, the feeling that they're going to ditch six man tags, and now we got eight man tags. Yeah, they're going to wear that shit out. And I know you guys are because you have Monday Night Messiah running ship and steering it completely in the wrong direction. I mean, you have a victory that made sense, you know, because Buddy Murphy was tapping with another referee, got pulled by a distraction by AOP. I hate those two, you know, legit hate those two because they're about as bland as fuck and need a faction to fucking make them be a great heel set addition to WWE Raw. Some may say, well, they're a great tag team. No, the fuck they're not. Um, Seth Rollins, on the other hand, that's a tough one, folks. Because I watch it, I'm learning, I guess. You know, I'm not going to be totally negative about the dude. At least he's getting the crowd pulled in a certain way. However, why is it before every match on WWE Raw, you're pulling the microphone out and interviewing each person, Street Profit, uh, Ricochet, before he faced Lashley? Let's see. If if the eight-man tag didn't have a mic segment, I am so shocked. But now, just despite me and every other person that watches Raw, or lack thereof, of that show, I'm guessing that you guys are going to pull the, well, they won't notice this Jedi mind trick that gets fucking pulled sometimes on Raw. They're going to pull the Jedi mind trick, folks, of, you didn't see a microphone. They only talked for about, oh, five minutes. I don't, 
I'm not understanding why they need to talk before a match. I mean, do I need to go talk before I piss in the toilet? Oh, <laughs> unless it was to someone at a hotel. Like, seriously, do I need to go grab someone by the crotch just to find my seat at the movie theater and say, you know, I'm going to grab the next person's private parts before I sit fucking down in this blessed seat because America, folks, that's why. Oh, they gave you some animal tonight, didn't they, B-Train? Friday Night Smackdown Live, you know, they just, you know, Lord. The only funny thing that I can think of on that show, that now I've heard online, and not just online, but through other folks and sources, no, not Dave Meltzer, no, not Cage Side Seeds. Bleacher Report's kind of a dead spoiler, you know, they they actually try to impact the audience and give us some bullshit just to pass on to you guys through this podcast, but the whole time, you know, I'm watching SmackDown Live on Friday night, Otis Dojovic, God bless that man, he is reincarnated Chris Farley. Um, you know, folks, it's funny, they actually... Not to say that this matters. Some may say it's a very Mark-esque thing to say. But I watched something on YouTube that spoke to me in a very gossipy way. Otis Dojovic and Mandy Rose originally were just supposed to be an on-screen couple. However, they are a real-life couple. And since Valentine's Day is coming up, you know, sometimes opposites do attract. And I think it's kind of sweet that Otis and, and Mandy are a thing. And... It's kind of funny how the thing that's going to ruin it is that you're going to put the lesbian in the position that most of us, some of us, would hate to stereotype. It, it intrigues people that Sonya is going to say, I, I know you're my tag team partner, but I have an attraction to you. And they said it's supposed to intrigue the audience like Lana, Rusev, and Liv Morgan. The love triangle between those three. I get it. You know, you want a love interest, and boy, you have a vested one, but kind of retarded. Actually, no, it's not kind of retarded. It's hella retarded. I have, you know, you gave me ammunition not just do that, but just after I listen to that shit. You think I'm negative now, folks? I'm going to repeat the line that I've repeated for the last four fucking months about WWE stories. Do I have everyone's attention now is going to be the end of my sentence. Because on SmackDown Live, Carmella wins the fatal four-way when you've got Bliss who can actually work and Naomi who who just made a comeback. The question is, do you question the process? And that's that I'm tired of being told, oh, you should feel this way. You shouldn't be as negative. You shouldn't be this cynical. It's kind of hard not to. When this bullshit of Carmella has not main evented since Money in the Bank against Asuka, and you put her again as a filler, 
for either Super Showdown or or next week on SmackDown Live. My head hurts with y'all. Why? Because she's eye candy? Because she can moonwalk her her ass across the ring? Am I missing something here? I just, I just, okay. Royal Rumble's great, so I get you. So we get one good pay-per-view and possibly WrestleMania 36 in Tampa. But some shows are hit and miss with SmackDown Live. It's not all bad. I haven't done a SmackDown Live review, but I will do one on Wednesday. Just tidbits of Raw and SmackDown Live have caught my attention. One, in fact, uh, Baszler biting Becky's neck after the match, because literally knows that's the way you make an impact when you first enter the show. We, and that's why we haven't seen Jasmine Duke or Marina Shafir. And that's why we haven't seen Shayna Baszler in quite some time on NXT. Also, you know, Matt Hardy came out earlier tonight to confront Randy Orton. And, of course, we all know what comes next. You confront Randy, you give him the business, and then Randy and tussle a little bit. An RKO and a concerto has been written off TV. Um, well, we all know that spending time with family is business, you know, whatever the case may be. But um, I just, I'm not at a loss for words. I've got a lot of words regarding both Raw and Friday Night SmackDown. Some are going to be kind and some are going to be suggestions. Um, because I figure if you guys hear rants all the time on podcasts and videos on YouTube and Daily Motion and Vimeo and you name it, social media mainstream fucking whore shit. Excuse my whore mouth. Not really. <laughs> There's just no rhyme or reason for WWE to be slacking right now. And by the only per- the only brand that seems to be understanding and comprehending what an audience they like, a wrestling audience, per se, is NXT. Why? Because those guys and gals get it. They understand. They have a generalized concept of this. You know, this is going to work with the crowd. This is going to engage the audience. Granted, okay, Ricochet versus Lashley. When the crowd is chanting Rusev Day during Ricochet's interview, does that not give you guys a fucking hint? Even though the whole Lashley-Rusev thing has gotten stale, by any means it's like two-week-old milk, actually three-week, four-week, this really old, crummy, nasty, clump, cluster fuck known as, you know, the Rusev Lashley Liv Morgan bullshit. Thank God that took a breather for a moment. 
and Ricochet kind of filled the void for the for the time being. I guess in my own positive way of saying it. Thank God you fuckers thought of something different. It takes a special kind of stupid, as Jim Cornette would say, to do the same thing multiple times and expect the audience to go, we've never seen this shit. It's just a copy and paste of every single week. It's like, come on, man. You're basically following the format of Attitude Era, and a good thing you... Well, except for Gangrel never went behind someone's neck and said, Mmm, yummy, you taste like barbecue ribs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I don't mind Shayna Baszler. I think it's I think it's an excellent idea to bring her up to the main roster and, you know, she wasn't having any challenges back in NXT. I mean, let's face it. The woman has basically beaten practically everyone. Nikki Cross to Ember Moon. From Ember Moon, you know, to Kyrie Sane. Kyrie Sane to Io Shirai. From Io Shirai to you know, he goes on, Bianca Belair. So, in other words, there's time in wrestling when people just need to move up from NXT and go to the main roster. Yeah, it's kind of sad to not see Shayna in NXT, but I mean, she dominated the black and gold brand for two years. So I understand her coming to Raw and making a statement. I'm here, and Becky Lynch needs a challenge as well. I think the entire main roster needs a revive, a revamp, if you will. Because things are getting a little bit stale in WWE Raw. Charlotte Flair, you know, pointed out tonight after Rhea Ripley's match, we don't even know if you're going to be champion after this Sunday. Which, by the way, folks, in Portland, Oregon, for the first time ever, NXT TakeOver will take place this Sunday, live on the WWE, streaming live on the WWE Network. And for those of you, we're going to take a breather here for a minute from my ranting and raving. For those of you who do not have the WWE Network, you can do so by going to the WWE website, WWE.com. Look on the tab, Network, and your first month is free. Let me see that. Since it's tax return season, you ain't got to worry about the nine ninety nine per month just yet. If you don't have a valid debit or credit card, you still need a valid email address. It does not matter if it's Gmail, Yahoo, or Hotmail, if you know, or MSN, or whatever your email address is. Valid email address, debit or credit card, but if you do not have a debit or credit card, a preloaded card. So that's one month free plus an additional three months added on. Lady Lynn, would you please tell the listeners where they can get their preloaded cards at? You can get your three months preloaded WWE Network card at the following retailers at your local GameStop, Walmart, FYE, Best Buy, 7-Eleven. CBS, wherever gift cards are sold. And it would be a great gift, folks, because Valentine's Day is coming up, and even if you don't like WWE Network, you can 
make sure that you get your, you know, your wrestling on, your fix, if you will. Because not only does it have billions upon billions of hours of footage, you can now get more than just ECW, WCW. You can also get AWA, NWA, Smoky Mountain Pro, PWG. You wonder where all these superstars came from. You can even get Evolve, folks. Evolve is a sister company of WWE created by Daniel Bryan. And more than that, man, you can get wrestlers like Johnny Saint. You can search a wrestler's name, and it'll pull up all their matches, all their accolades and achievements only on WWE Network, which, by the way, again, your first month is free, and after that, you will be charged $9.99. That's lower than NFL Network. That is lower than, you know, a boxing network is going to chart in the, or NFL. I said that already. But, you know, you get the gist. Sign up today, folks. You won't regret it. If you're a wrestler, the network actually helps you. Can help you with sight ring in ring psychology, tag team psychology, whatever. The case may be that you need help or your instructor or trainer tells you. Get the network. Watch old NXT, watch old AWA, watch old NWA, WCCW, WCW, ECW. Watch whatever the fuck you want to watch because it's not on our dime, right? Oh, and for those of you wanting to know how you can get a hold of AEW's pay-per-views, that app, you can go with the Bleacher Report Live app, you pay close to 50 bucks. Check out its $49.99. Catch the action on AEW. Also on TNT. Every Wednesday night. At your own risk. Assess what you want to assess. Pro wrestling is pro wrestling. And it always will be. Alright. If you want to become a professional wrestler. Invest in yourself. That is a simple message. The number... The school of the world famous Monster Factory will be located on the website itself or directly on the advertisement that's been showing up right now on Facebook, Instagram, and also Twitter. Do not email the office, call that number directly. Make your dreams of becoming a professional wrestler come true. Invest in yourself, and the rest will take care of itself. All right, folks, enough cheesiness, enough advertisements. All gloves are off, including mittens and oven mitts. Boy, that was very Bill Murray. Um, Anyways, I've got 21 minutes to unleash my rants. And I will do so in a very suggestive manner. So for those of you who have small children... Children under the age of 14, this podcast is a podcast 14, meaning if you have children under the age of 14, I suggest you plug their ears with earmuffs for its inappropriate content, so swear words, expletives, will be used, so if you have a, a Karen in your household... Please understand, I do not mean to offend you, but it's most likely that I probably will. 
but the amount of F-bombs I drop, you'll think it's World War Three. Okay? <clears throat> Off the Rails Uncensored is a copyrighted podcast. This podcast was created for the sole purpose of venting and ranting about professional wrestling and not just strictly WWE. It is a copyrighted telecast and podcast that was coined on March 7, 2016. Any duplicated or replicas or replicated versions of Off the Rails Uncensored use of the title or likeness thereof, you will be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law and also fined $45 per usage of the phrase Off the Rails Uncensored. A coined Podcast, telecast, March 7, 2016, Incorporated. Oh, Off the Rails Uncensored 2020, Incorporated. So I do not own the right to live in color. CM Punk's theme, 2011 to 2013. So many folks, buckle up, fuckers, enjoy the ride, because you're about to enter my head. Enter with caution, if you dare. Dare. Advertising already for Mania 37. First, we gotta get through the shitstorm that is 36. Rumble was great. Barely. It had, you know, that show had us all fooled. The fact that Lesnar did not win the Royal Rumble was a welcoming sight. The fact that Becky defeated Oscar was also very welcoming, but I kind of figured that would happen. But tonight's WWE Raw focus uh, in front of this discussion, as well as last week's SmackDown Live, which I'm still shaking my head trying to figure this out, I'm still pondering how they came to the conclusion that it would be a great idea for someone who has not main evented in several months, actually a whole year, to be exact, year and a half, two. I get it. You know, Carmella wants to be in the fray. She wants to be a main event. Is it a bad thing that Naomi and Alexa Bliss were in the same mix and you didn't pay attention to those two because the fans were expecting that? Predictability, you know, is one thing. We get it. You want the fans to be on their toes and you want them to experience different. How is it different, you know, on WWE Raw's format? Because I'm going to flip-flop back and forth here between subject matters, folks. How is it any different? To not have a six-man tag, but to have an eight-man tag. He could have just had a Lumberjack match. He could have just had a Falls Count Anywhere match, because Lord only knows this is 
this is just a feeling about Night Show and Friday Night SmackDown. Um, it feels like dog shit just went all over my face and smeared. Someone smeared it in my face because it's like watching boxing. That was the equivalent feeling, and it's kind of a. Did I watch some of the match? No, because it was like AEW all over the fucking joint. No one knows what the beginning felt like. No one knows what the, well, some people knew what the middle of the match of tonight's main event on WWE Raw felt. And did I just lump AEW into this discussion? You bet your ass I did. Because I'm going to say this nicely. Both Raw and AEW have something in common. There'll be a feud for two weeks. And then it disappears like a magic trick. What am I referring to? Okay. Cody and Chris Jericho. Cody Rhodes and Chris Jericho. That feud was absolute magic. Until the fact they decide, let's add Moxley into the fray because he too is a revolutionary he too gave the finger you know, to on Twitter to WWE. So before I get into my tirade, what's up UK? What's up United States of America? What's up Australia, Latvia, Indonesia, Italy, Tokyo, Japan? All of you who listen to our show, thank you for doing so. Anyways, back to the phrase. AEW and WWE Raw have something in common. If you truly think on it, the reason why I say this is because you've got Seth Rollins headlining WWE Raw. Again, no one knows why. He's a hard worker, yeah, and he keeps his nose to the grindstone, whatever. Then you have Chris Jericho. A total workhorse, a badass in the ring, and boy, he's not laid off the little deputies. But let's see here, that's the least of the concern of the viewer, right? The feuding is what I'm saying is very similar between both companies when it comes to one show in particular. Raw has, I just think it's funny because. They have an influx of NXT superstars. No one knows why Shayna Baszler showed up tonight. I can tell you why. They're finally giving the fans what they want after a year and a half span of wanting Baszler to come up to the main roster for the sole purpose of the four horsewomen. Also, I said I was going to be suggestive about tonight's show, so here it is. You want a main event? Why not try what you call a a one-on-one match? Seth Rollins versus Aleister Black or Seth Rollins versus Samoa Joe. Because you guys want to constantly main event Seth. I don't mind because that's like, you know, us crying wolf. You know, for how many years to get Cena to main event against someone different. 
Instead, we have to include the whole party of Viking Raiders, Samoa Joe, and Kevin Owens. And I know this is a suggestion that might take about three to six months, but can someone please explain why people have to talk so much on WWE Raw? I mean, my God, dude. I've heard football coaches take less time at press conferences promoing their team and what they're going to do next week. Then, you know, to see the Street Profits basically diss Mojo Raleigh in the middle of the ring, they run Boston, which, whatever. I have nothing but cynical things to say about that city, but it's a different... It's a different rant of a different color. Yes, I took from Wizard of Oz. It's just... It's just like... Follow the yellow brick road that Raw tries to lead you down. Well... Some of creative... If they only had a brain... <laughs> How many times must we go through this? You know, suggesting to you guys, we do not give a flying fuck about a tag team match being the main event. If we did, if I did, or any other viewer did, we would not be playing a game on our phone, yawning the fuck out of ourselves, Trying to stay awake, even though there's waterfall after waterfall. I mean, the crowd was chanting, This is awesome because they are very casual fans, and they. Not that they don't know no better, it's that they. I don't know. They got neuralized before they went through the door. Not everybody has the same opinion as myself, not everybody shares the same cynical point of view. But when you have an eight-man tag to substitute the fact that you guys had been doing six-man tags, good Lord, I'm going to say it again. Mr. Hayes, Miss Warrior, please take note of the people that watch your show. You have the cynics, you have the critics, you have the actual fans who don't give a flying fuck. Um, also, if you guys are the ones in charge of SmackDown Live, what have you done? And I'll give you examples. Actually, you the real. The Miz and Morrison. They have their new show called The Dirt Sheets. And then, you know, they have people interrupt them. That's fine. So, the problem is when the Usos get attacked from behind by... Robert Roode and Ziggler, the attack kind of is pointless because it's too soon. Does this have anything to do with writing? Yeah, you bet your ass it does because the promos are written the rest of it is up to the discretion of whoever else is in charge of the wrestlers. But my thing is, not only were the attacks a bit off, you guys could have just amped it up a little more and had you know, a triple threat between Miz and Morrison, the Usos, 
and Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler. That would have been interesting to see how many near falls Ziggler would have gotten. You know, I'm just suggesting things because I hate just ranting without reason. So if I'm suggestive about things, that might help you guys get a little bit of a vision. Like at Worlds Collide, I think my idea kind of take, you know, or took fruition at Worlds Collide, Imperium versus Undisputed. I have said that on my show before. Unknowingly, did I know that someone was going to take the concept and run with it? No, not taking total credit for it, but actually, yes, I am. So, (laughs) I think that the power of suggestion, I mean, you guys do listen to this shit. You guys as in creative knows, okay, this this is what is the successful formula. We're going to listen to some uh, Joe Schmo podcast and get concepts and ideas from I know that's not how this works. But maybe, just maybe, before Mania, you guys could have a decent show. And why they have super showdowns? Because they make money. They make moolah. Unfortunately, it's going to be Ricochet versus Lesnar. And the announcers were saying something really funny. You know, Lesnar's had trouble with small opponents. Yeah, he had trouble with uh, Vim Balor. He ended up going to NXT not by choice, but because, well, it fits him better. It's sad to say, but, I mean, it's the truth. And everyone knows the saying, the truth shall set you free. Well, apparently, some suggestions and some truths are not well perceived. And this is going to sound like the harshest truth about Carmella. She once upon a time was a hype girl for Enzo and Cass in NXT. No one believed she was going to be a part of a main roster show. When she got called up separately, that's fine, you know. More power to her. However, her maining her main eventing against Bailey is very questionable. Why? When you haven't main evented in forever, does that justify your return to the main event circle after you haven't done anything for a year and a half, almost two? I think not. And <laughs> Shayna Baszler biting the back of Becky Lynch, if that's the most entertaining thing that I don't know what isn't, but it merits the question, man. Holy attitude era revamp. I think that's the kind of shit you'd see back in 99 to, oh, about 2002 when the ruthless aggression era was created by none other than John Cena. You know, his match against Kurt Angle wasn't suggestive. It was a a thing, man. It was a good match. But what I'm about to tell you for the next five minutes is that NXT doesn't disappoint. Smackdown has turned into the show of what in the actual fuck. And Raw, well, Raw has turned into the show that I, once upon a time as a kid, actually liked and watched in middle school up until 
my junior year in high school. I would watch it and then fall in and out of love with it. About to fall out of love with it because actually I have. I watch this shit, folks, that I can report it to you guys. And I don't, I hate being negative about a show that could improve itself if it just would stop following the format of passing the mic. I mean, it's been a year and you've got people still coming out and talking on the mic before their matches. What in the hell, man? Do you guys need to be holding hands and saying that our father too so we can create religious controversy? And then when I found out that the whole Otis, Sonia, and Mandy thing, I was like, I was kind of actually hoping that you just do Otis and Mandy, not include Sonia in this. I mean, we get it. They're like, they probably laugh their ass off about it, you know, in the back, discussing this whole angle. My thought process on that was, wow, way to stereotype a lesbian. His love interest invested in Mandy Rose. I mean, no offense, the girlie's eyebrows look like unibrows wanting to stand up and say, hey, how are you? <laughs> and girly, you know what? I I just laugh at Bianca Belair saying, girl, uh-uh, you don't go here. Mandy Rose is all of a sudden, you know, a mid-card picture, which is, you know, what she had been in NXT. But I'm glad that <laughs> they've decided in their own minds, oh, it's going to be intrigued. It's already got some asshole talking about it on a, on his show. You damn right I'm talking about I'm about to roast you and put you in your place. Who the fuck's idea was it to put a lesbian in a stereotypical position to like another woman? Oh, yeah, because you want to use that instead of her in the story with uh, Lana. But you'd much rather put her in the position that's going to probably be very awkward, you know, liking someone that's a professional. And they, all three of them are like, well, I don't see the problem with this. I do, because that's stereotyping any person that's gay. That's like, okay... If they put someone in that was gay and involved them in a love triangle, and then they're like, oh, by the way, he also is going to like uh, Randy Orton, or he's going to like Ricochet. Come on. I don't care if I have mm-hmm. 90 seconds of bossy bitch. I'm going to just... I'm just going to point this out. If WWE wants to quit making blundering, bumbling mistakes, man, what you what they need to do is, yes, create a story that has intrigue, but quit doing love triangles. This is not Days of Our Lives. This is not any soap opera. I can't think of any other soap opera aside from that. But Oh, uh, yes, this is not Sunset Beach. This is... This is a different kind of soap opera. This is WWE Raw. This is Friday Night SmackDown. This is NXT. NXT has never had any issues, in my opinion. Yeah, this show with Lars Sullivan was a bit kind of funny. 
back in the day, you know, when he feuded with Aleister Black, but that was, like you said, that's a different, different fucking rant for a different day. What I'm trying to, actually what I'm trying, what I'm saying is have some conviction behind stories that fans have never seen before. You don't need to do six-man tags or eight-man tags. Why? Because those matches serve no fucking purpose. Other than you're trying to say, we had a lazy form of booking, so we're going to do an eight-man tag. We're going to do a six-man tag. That's very fucking lazy. That's telling the fans, you guys have no vested interest in guys like, okay, yeah, Buddy Murphy, I'm sorry. <laughs> but that little pipsqueak getting into the main event picture, did he do something correct? Did he kiss enough ass? Did he hoover someone? I mean, I just don't fucking know. I never liked that dude in NXT. I never had respect for him when he went up SmackDown Live. When he basically stuck around the entire fucking match with Seth Rollins and AOP. It's like the cheapened version of The Shield to me. Watching this shit, um, Shinsuke, or Shinsuke Nakamura losing the Intercontinental title to uh, Braun Strowman, all I can tell you is about damn time for Braun to win a strap. Uh, is he ever going to win a strap higher than that rank? Probably. It might take him a full two years again. I would suggest if you want, get rid of the 24-7 championship though. It looks terrible. Uh... <laughs> Not only does it look terrible, but anyone can win that title belt. As you saw in that Riddick Moss, he won the title from Mojo Rawley, his own tag team partner. Get rid of that belt. Also, I don't have any suggestions for NXT. I honestly don't. And what else? Oh, yes. When you have... Matches that present itself, you know, with good workers like Naomi, Alexa Bliss. Dana Brooke's not a bad worker. She's actually improving. But um, to main event Carmella again, are you out of your juice-drinking little minds? I mean, there has to be a rhyme or reason why you chose it. There's got to be a fucking reason. I'm not going to stay stuck in Carmella because I've got AEW to roast to. Hangman Page does not tag in the Young Bucks, nor did he tag in them. Talk with Nyla Rose. Since when did AEW decide to, I'm going to align myself with this, and I'm going to align myself with that? So Kenny Omega and Rio. Pac and Nyla Rose. Again, the stories that make no sense. And the feuds that hopefully last longer than three weeks. There's, oh, you want faction heavy. AEW is fucking faction heavy. The Dark Order, The Nightmare, blah, 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 with Brandy Rose and, and Karma or Awesome Kong. Then you have the Dark Order. Then you have the Elite. 
Then you have another group called the Inner Circle. Way too much. Also, like I said, have a consistent story. The Nyla Rose Rio, thank God, finally a concept that I can get by Dr. Britt Baker. Again, not bad workers, but she. <laughs> Again, what women's division wear? You guys, AEW's women's division does not exist because there's no really stamp except for Awesome Kong and, well, Brandy Rhodes. And, yeah, Rio from Japan, but. They don't have any standouts to make you go, oh, I want to go see this. I guarantee you their matches, you know, when they come to different cities, they're going to be like, okay, so what do you bring to the table? That's my general take on their women's division. They do have talented people. They do have talented guys and gals. Just need some fucking help creating a consistent story. That's all. That's, that's my only complaint. One of actually one of my many complaints about AEW is that you're trying to revamp ECW, are you? That's cute. It's been done in the nineties and by that I mean Joey Janela versus Moxley. Okay. The thumbtacks on the bare feet. That's very C Z W. That's also very E C W. There's mouse traps. Mouse traps. Now, Moxley's insane, folks. I like that side of professional wrestling, but if you include way too much hardcore, it'll shave years off your career, and you won't last very, very long, in my humble opinion. Moving forward. What the holy hell happened to SmackDown Live? Like a half-and-half show. You either get a good show half the time, or you get a really shitty one the rest of the show, the rest of the tier of the show. Some may say that's professional wrestling. Nah, man, you don't disappoint an audience. You keep them wanting to come back to see your shit. Why a lot of people are flogging the Ring of Honor, why a lot of people are jumping shit to AEWs thinking, you know, this must be different. We love the flippy, flippy shit. Anyways... I would suggest that just keep the audience involved. Keep it simple, stupid. I keep saying that shit. Maybe it bears repeating. Keep it simple, stupid. Engage the audience. Make them intrigued. Like Fonda and Shayna tonight. The A-Man tag had its moment. But, boy, y'all need work. And three, AEW needs major makeovers. MJF. And uh, Cody Rhodes, the lashings with the belt. Uh, yeah, no, I don't think so. Also, you know, EC3 was seen with Chris Jericho. I don't know what to make of that other than tell you this is going to be interesting because MJF and him could go at it. So, oh my goodness. All right, folks. That's enough of my rant tonight because you will get more of it Wednesday, but in a very more organized manner than Wa did tonight. 
So if you didn't like what good old Brian Rails had to say, then I got three choice words for you. Forget about it. And Lady Lynn. And if you didn't like what Lady Lynn had to say, well, call me what you will. But don't you dare call this lady crazy. All right, folks. You heard it from us. We will join Lady Lynn and myself next week for another Lady Lynn's Corner with AEW. And also another edition of Off the Rails Uncensored 2.0 will be this Wednesday and every Monday as per usual until times change, which they will not. For the time being. Alright, folks. Time to go to sleep and enjoy the crummy morning. I mean morning. <clears throat> Hit my music, bitches. Toodles, good night. Go Yankees. Granny loves you. Granny loves the Yankees, by the way. Granny Holster, that is. Dig it. <laughs> Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.